This is episode 55. It's called A Matter of Perspective. Well, hello there, everybody. As Avery said, this is episode 55. It is called A Matter of Perspective. And so I'm going to share my perspective on perspective. Just stay with me. It's gonna. It's all going to make sense. So if you listened last week, uh, the episode was called Negative Nelly, and it was pretty negative. So you'll be relieved to hear that this episode is much more uh, upbeat and positive for the most part. Um, so last week, I let some of the negativity that I was feeling, just, I just let her rip. Um, and as much as I don't love unleashing more negative vibes, out into the world because we can all agree that there's a lot of very heavy, heart heavy stuff going on. Um, I do feel though that sharing some of the negative aspects of our lives and in particular, some of the more difficult parts of being a parent of a person with disabilities, I think it's important, but of course dwelling on it or whining about it isn't particularly helpful. But I think that having conversations about all of it and explaining why things are hard and how we might feel about those hard things, that serves a purpose by helping other people who might be struggling with similar stuff, you know, and also letting them know that it's okay to be scared and that everyone's going through, everyone has a story, everyone has something going on behind the scenes. And I think the more we talk about that, it will help to normalize those feelings. And it can also help remind people that it's not permanent. Like whatever you're going through, it's a temporary situation and that situations change and the feelings you have about those situations ebb and flow. I got to say, I don't know. I do not know where I would be mentally if I didn't really believe that my feelings and my fears are valid and that it won't always feel this way. But like I said, festering in all of it is neither healthy or productive. So this episode is mostly about a strategy that I've been using lately that has really, really been helping me move forward. And uh, it's a matter of perspective. So let's just get right into it. Hey, everyone. It's a very bright life. It sure is. Your life is so bright. I gotta wear shades. We are so happy that you're here with us. Let's do this thing. So before we get started, I just wanted to clarify that there are absolutely some things in the world and in our lives that will always be negative. Like not even negative, more like terrifyingly nightmarish and incomprehensible, like the war in Ukraine, like the completely effed up abortion laws in the US, and like kids with guns. Uh, I mean, these are impossible to even wrap our minds around. And I don't think there's any amount of positive thinking or looking at them from a different perspective that can make them less terrible. There is nothing we can do to change those horrific facts. But that's not to say that we are helpless and hopeless in life. We, we do have the power to fight and to stand up against all the injustice and the, 
the awful things. And we have the power to refuse to be silenced and to hold the monsters accountable and to teach our kids what is right and to try to do our best to change things, these horrible things. And I'm, as most of you are as well, trying to process a lot of that, what has happened in the, in the past two days in the U.S. And I'm also trying to figure out how much of that to let in and how much of it to shut out for now for the sake of self-preservation. Because it's, it's a balance. It's a balance of being a good and strong person who is trying to set things right and trying to help protect people and help other people. But also, it's about protecting our fragile hearts and um, aiming our energies towards the things that we are capable of achieving. I don't know. I didn't explain that very well. It's tough. But... This episode is a smaller side branch of all of that. It's more about the annoyances and also the legitimately dark struggles. It's about all the things that we do have to deal with in everyday life. And in particular, from my experience, how we can reframe our thoughts and our feelings as parents of disabled kids, because parenting is no cakewalk and parenting a child who may have additional medical or physical or intellectual whatever needs definitely adds another level of worry to parents. And we can absolutely live with it. Like it is manageable. I can tell you that. But for how long is it manageable and at what cost? So as you may have heard in the last episode, Avery, she's experiencing some medical concerns that have been weighing heavily on us. And uh, I'm not sleeping that great. Um, And I'm tired and I'm distracted pretty much all the time. Like my son said to me yesterday, mom, are you all right? Like just, are you okay? And I am okay. But I do spend about, I would say 45 minutes out of every hour every day thinking about Avery and going through it all in my mind and things I need to do. I'm trying to figure out how to download these apps onto her Apple Watch that are going to help track her her heartbeat and her oxygen, blah, blah, blah. It's oh, my brain is exploding. So I'm working through that. Anyway, um, but you know what? Having those those thoughts, those constant thoughts are necessary because I am planning and I'm asking questions and I'm doing research and I'm trying to figure this stuff out. And in my opinion, I think that is directing my energy in a positive and proactive direction, but it's the rest of my thoughts. It's the catastrophizing thoughts. It's the getting stuck in like a negative loop and the ruminating and the the wringing of my hands, like legit wringing of my hands. And not to mention just the feeling sorry for myself, like wah, wah, and negative. And it's just unproductive and it's unhealthy. I think it's the negative thoughts that keep us stuck wherever we are. And it's those thoughts that rob us of our contentment and our happiness. You stupid thoughts. And I'm sure you've, you've probably felt this too, right? Like it is very easy to get stuck, isn't it? Like, Mm, I can feel myself getting stuck and I, I need to call a tow truck, but we don't have to be hopelessly stuck. And so this is where perspective comes in. For me, actively and 
deliberately changing my perspective. It can be as simple as going for a walk and physically changing my view. And that almost always improves my mood and my attitude. I'll be like, ugh, I don't feel like going out. I don't want to put up my shoes on and I don't want to take the dog for a walk. And then I go and I go, woo, I feel so much better. Just a change of scene, right? But I'm finding lately that the most impactful action that I can take is as easy as changing the language that I use out loud language and the language in my head. And the game changer lingo for me is this. It's the I have to versus the I get to. So like, I have to make dinner tonight. But like, is, are you the same? Like I am so tired of making meals and meals and meals like every day. It is never ending. So it's become a challenge for me and I feel very negative around mealtime. And just ask my family. I'm like, ugh. My son said, God, you sigh a lot, hey? Yeah, I do. Anyway, but if I change that to, I get to make dinner. That, and that sounds silly and you're like, oh, okay, good one. But seriously, if I say, I get to make dinner, and I say that out loud, that leads me to remember how lucky I am that I have the time to cook a meal. I am home all day. I can fire up the crock pot or get the instant pot going or roast some vegetables or whatever. And how fortunate am I that my kids are great eaters and they appreciate what I make for them and my husband too. And how damn lucky am I to even have healthy food and a fridge filled with groceries. And I know that sounds simplistic, but just by reframing this loathsome task of dinner making, my attitude shifts and then suddenly making dinner isn't quite as negative. It becomes, I'm going to say it becomes more of a privilege, but like really would I rather order in? Um, Yes, obviously. But by changing my perspective that way, suddenly a very loathsome task becomes a lot less taxing. So we may not have the power to control most of the circumstances around us, but we do have the power to control the way that we look at things, how we frame them in our minds, and then maybe how we react to and feel about things. And I know that it's not easy to change your perspective and to remain positive, especially lately. It is way easier to focus on the negative stuff. And that is a scientific fact. Did you know that it can take up to six positive thoughts to counteract just one negative thought. It takes a lot of effort to flip the switch. So flip the switch is a new thing I've been saying. I don't know where I got it from. And I've been saying it a lot. I don't know why. It's funny how we latch onto these like sayings, but anyway, um, where was I? So yeah, so let's, let's flip over to, let's flip the switch to Johnny Depp, shall we? Who we love, Edward Scissorhands. Um, And the poor guy has been splashed all over the internet and his life has been like a living hell. And like speaking of flipping the switch, he went from being perceived as a villain to being acknowledged as anything but. That whole court case is just a hot mess, but I digress. Um, I saw this quote that he made when he was playing Captain Jack Sparrow and he said, the problem is not the problem. Your attitude about the problem is the problem. Like what? That is so spot on. Okay, I need to repeat that. The problem is not the problem. Your attitude about the problem is the problem. (laughs) 
Oh my God, so good. So at the core, it is our perception and our reaction to that perception that creates our reality. And the reality is essentially our life. Like we have the power to create and mold our life. (laughs) I just blew my own mind. I need a drink of water. That was deep, man. I swear I'm not high. Speaking of which, um, being high, in an attempt to get some mindful self-care in the other night, I took the dog for a walk and we're strolling around and we played this game. I played this game called, (laughs) I played this game in my head. Is that a skunk or is somebody smoking weed? It was so strong. I'm pretty sure it was somebody smoking a bunch of ganja. But um, Oh, and then I also played a round of is that a dog or is that a coyote in the distance? I'm not, I'm not a fan of that game. The coyotes in our neighborhood, like I mentioned last episode, are freaking me out. And I, I'm trying to change my perspective on that. But I mean, they're just coyotes doing their coyote thing. But little dogs are being eaten left, right, and center. So whenever I'm walking Avery's little dog, Ruby, I kind of feel like I'm basically dragging bait around the block. It's a bit unnerving. Anyway, um, it's interesting how our perspective can do a complete 360, though, when you look at it from a different angle. So okay, here's an example. So last week, or maybe it was a few weeks ago, I think, maybe last month, this young guy in our neighborhood deliberately crashed a stolen car through the window at our pharmacy. And I'm assuming he was trying to get to the drugs. So when I pulled up and parked in front of the smashed window... I just sat there and I felt this like just disgust and fear and rage. I was just pissed off that somebody would do something like that. And I mean, somebody could have been killed. So I got over myself and I went in and I went to pick up Avery's prescription and I had a little chat with our favorite pharmacist and I was going off saying like, oh my God, can you believe somebody would do something like that? And she just kind of looked at me and she's like, yeah, I feel really sorry for him. And I was like, what? Like I was looking at it from the perspective that this guy was a total, I use the word villain. And she was like, yeah, can you imagine being so lost and desperate in your life that you would have to resort to doing something so extreme? And she was looking at him as a victim of whatever circumstances in life made him feel like he had no choice but to do something like that. And I was like, oh, yes. And then I added like, you know, you're right. His poor parents. Can you imagine like he's somebody's child? And when I looked at it from that perspective, I mean, I'm obviously not excusing his actions. What he did was wrong, but I was left feeling empathy for him instead of anger. And it was just that simple change of perspective from judgment to looking at him through the lens of a parent. And speaking of parents, I feel like our lives as parents, and in particular, parents of kids with disabilities, can be highly influenced by perspective, other people's perspectives. Like I've heard it all from other people, strangers and people who know us, statements like, I don't know how you do it, and your life is so hard, and I feel so bad for you. (sighs) Yeah, I've heard them all. Comments like these, though, can... They can seep into your minds and they can start to cloud your thinking about how you're feeling about 
what is true versus what is perceived to be true. And we do a lot of this to ourselves. We we can choose to accept limiting beliefs about our situation, and then that will become our reality. So to parents like us who are living this life, here's my suggestion and take it for what it's worth because full disclosure, I am working on this myself and I'm certainly not there yet. But when you catch yourself feeling negative or hopeless or frustrated or however you're feeling about your role as a disability parent, just, if you can, stop and really try to reframe or shift your thinking. It might be really difficult depending on your situation or what you're dealing with. And I think it definitely takes practice and I I have to keep at it, or sorry, I get to keep at it and I get to keep working on improving Oops, there's my husband. <laughs> That's his text tone. Oh, um, <laughs> I get to keep working on improving my thinking and I get to take control of my reality and my life. It's, it's a privilege. Hold on, I gotta go check to see why he's texting me. Oh my goodness, it was nothing important. Anyway, I like hands-on tangible strategies, like things that I can really sink my teeth into, you know? So here are a few things that you can hopefully do to turn your perspective around from a negative one to a positive one. So number one, try to manage the negativity that you allow into your life, like the people who are negative as well as the content that you're consuming, because we do have a choice of what we'll accept. Number two, tell yourself like a little mantra while you're in it, whatever the hard thing is, that this tricky bit isn't going to last forever. Whatever it is, it is temporary. And I I try to remind myself of that whenever I'm freaking out about something um, that we'll get through it, that we always do, and that the issue will resolve itself, or if not, we will find a way to manage it. Number three, find a lesson or something good from the struggle. Like uh, that, you know, that thing really sucked. It was hard, but I got through it, or it turned out okay after all, or now I know what to expect next time, so I'm going to be ready for it, or my instincts were right about that. My gut is super smart or whatever it is. There are always little takeaways and lessons. We just, we just have to try to see them. Number four, there's likely a positive in there somewhere. Like it might be minuscule and really hard to find, but it's probably there. So just try to find something, some nugget of gratitude in your day. It could be something small, something totally frivolous. For example, I'm always grateful when I'm super tired and I just want to zone out. And then I flick on Netflix and bam, there's like a brand new episode of my favorite show just sitting there waiting for me. Or I feel grateful when I just need a bit of a nibble and I open up the fridge and there'll be like a tiny sliver of pumpkin pie left with my name on it. Or when I open the dishwasher and I'm thinking that it's full, but somebody in my house has already emptied it for me. Or When I find something that I thought was lost, like usually my sunglasses or an earring or something. Actually, not long ago, I was wearing, I wear these tiny little diamond studs pretty much every day. And one morning I got out of the shower and I discovered that I was only wearing one. So I assumed that the other one fell out and went down the drain and I was so upset. And then the next day, I was coming home from somewhere and I'm walking into the house and I just saw something like glint in the sunshine on the driveway and it was my earring on the driveway. I have no idea how it got there, but I just took a moment just to feel grateful for that. 
And anyway, those are just some random examples of tiny little positives, tiny little happy things that make me feel grateful for the little gifts from the universe. And number five, and okay, finally, the biggest one, I think, and one that I'm very focused on right now is that I may not be able to change the craptastic circumstances that we're experiencing in whatever moment, but I can always change my perspective about it. And if I can do that, if I can bend my brain, it will just make whatever I'm dealing with just a little bit easier. Change your thoughts and you can change the world. That's a good one, right? That wasn't me. That was a quote from Norman Vincent Peale. I don't, I don't know who he is or was, but Norm totally nailed it. So, okay, I'm going to go back to parenting for a second. So we can all agree that parenting a child with disabilities can be hard, right? And it can be very difficult not to fall into the trap of believing that disabled folks' lives are tragic or sad in some way or just difficult or whatever, especially on the sad days, like on the scary days. And I think that's when we really need to look for the benefits, the positives, and because they're there. And not only are they there, they're huge. So for the people in the back, my disabled child is amazing. And I am so grateful to be your mom. And I'm lucky to be able to share her with the world, to be able to help educate people about chromosome disorders and epilepsy and... I don't know what I said, like, and, um, and speech and language and learning disorders and all the things. I feel happy when I'm with her. I feel proud of how kind she is and how funny she is and how she makes people feel important and included. I feel proud of her dad and her brother and I and our family and our close friends for how well we all work together to make sure that Avery feels loved and safe and supported. And there's more, like I've got lots of feelings, a lot of feelings, but you get the gist. So I'm going to end with this because I think it ties in perfectly with everything that I just talked about. I found this article online called Strength in Diversity, Positive Impacts of Children with Disabilities. And I, I don't know how this just landed in my feed. I think it was the universe, another gift, right? I was surprised and just delighted because to keep it real here, usually when you Google stuff about disabled kids and their family dynamic, a lot of it isn't very positive or happy, you know? So this was great. And it's something that I think everyone should read. It's not super long and it's in layperson's terms. So I'm going to put the link to the full article in the show notes, and then I'll put it somewhere on our website. But I thought I would just share a few highlights that stood out for me. So this article was put together by um, Michelle Lodwicks, who is, an inst- who is an instructor in the Disability and Community Support Program at Red River College. And she's a graduate of the Master's Program in Disability Studies at the University of Manitoba. So this article was published in... 2015 through the Vanier Institute of the Family. So the study, okay, this is really cool. It explored the experiences of families who were all raising kids with various disabilities, and it focused on the perceived negative impact of that disability on the family. So families are commonly viewed as 
victims who face excessive caregiving demands, emotional distress, physical and or financial burdens, and interpersonal difficulties, while the children with the disabilities are portrayed primarily as sources of stress and anguish. So that was the article was based on those beliefs. And the overall assumption is that families with children with disabilities experience chronic sorrow. I did a head tilt and like mm, chronic sorrow. And it perpetuates the perception of disability as something that should be avoided or eradicated at all costs, right? And this this kind of perception has a major influence on um, our assumptions about and our reactions to disability, including how professionals respond to children with disabilities and how society views and responds to children when they're born with disabilities. And they're like, I'm so sorry, but your child has XYZ. Like being born with a disability is some kind of tragedy. And what that does is that it makes people overlook and not anticipate or expect all the positive impacts and the contributions that children with disabilities can make within their families, within their communities, and just in the world in general. Where am I? Oh, I like this part. The most unsurprising discovery in the study was the affirmation that a child with a disability can have some of the same positive effects on their families and make some of the same contributions as any other child. Um, I could have told you that. Uh, some of the parents in the study reported having an ability to more readily recognize and appreciate the value, potential, and strengths of a person with a disability as a result of their parenting experiences. I can confirm that. A new perspective. Okay, there's the P word on how to help individuals with disabilities and how to not place limits on people or tell them what they can or cannot do, but instead help them to strive for self-improvement. Yep. And for siblings, they reported that increased exposure to disability in their family environment made them more comfortable around other children with a disability, and they discovered a newfound enthusiasm for getting to know people with disabilities in general. Um, yes. And... The study also found that children with a disability often exceeded expectations and did not necessarily comply with what is typical for their diagnosis, often being nothing close to the worst case scenarios predicted by some doctors. Um, can I drop the mic again? Yes, I can totally attest to that. Avery's doctors early on gave us the worst case scenario for what her life would look like, and it was bad. I think if we had allowed their predictions to form our perspective and our plans for her. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine how miserable our early days with Avery would have been because of course we worried like, you know, parents do that. But for the most part, uh, we took things day by day and we didn't place limitations on her and we followed her lead. Oh my goodness. I I don't know what I just did there. I, I got a new Apple watch so I could pair with, with Avery's and I the way I'm sitting, I don't know what I did, but... I think I pressed record somehow on my watch and with my boob, and I recorded most of that podcast on my watch. I don't know how. I don't know why. <laughs> oh my God, now I've lost my spot. <laughs> I shouldn't be allowed to have technology. Uh, so yeah, anyway, all of the parents in the study perceived themselves as having acquired some kind of new 
enhanced positive character attributes as a result of raising a child with a disability. And some of the attribute changes included family members being more open, more loving, more caring, creative, more balanced. Um, That's not me. Um, Gentle, calm, outgoing, more responsible, more independent, and less selfish. And some of the parents even said that being their child's parent made them overall better people and better parents. And it made other family members better people too. So, um, and of all the parents in the study, every single one of them reported the positive emotions that their children have fostered in them. And the the most common was a sense of pride. And I, boy, I feel that one. Um, One mom insisted that she derives more excitement from the little things in life than most other people because she celebrates things that other people don't even think about celebrating because of her daughter. And I, that was me. That was not me. That was another mom, but I, I feel you, sister. Um, and a lot of parents talked about having new people in their lives, like new friends and new connections, thanks to their child. And of course, any child can expand a family social network. But um, because of the the challenges and the struggles that many of us face, we just feel more um, tied to, connected to other parents. And I think s- searching them out for advice and guidance is a way to really bond us. Um, and what else? Oh, some one of the parents said that having parent having a child with disability can make families fall apart. I'm sure that is very true. But most of the parents in the study said that their child strengthened their marriage or made their communication skills stronger and their family stronger. I feel that. And parents share that not all of their experiences have been rosy. There are challenges and obstacles and um, tough times. And one parent even admitted that her struggles adjusting to her child's disability really had less to do with her child and more to do with people's preconceptions. Yep. And the sorrow that parents experience Um, being disability parents, largely stems from having to deal with the recurring messages of negativity and hopelessness from other people, like medical professionals, strangers, other family members even. And so I think the point here is that if society holds negative attitudes towards disability, which uh, it does, that negativity can be transmitted to and absorbed by the family and change their attitude, change their perspective, right? So learning from families who view their circumstances in a positive light makes these perceptions more readily available to the general public and helps them come to view the experience of raising a child with a disability as one that is not necessarily tragic, but rather enriching and rewarding. And I think that's one of the main purposes of Avery and I doing this podcast and sharing slash oversharing on social media to show people that our life is, our life is bright. It really is. And there are definitely struggles and dark days and all of that. But I mean, come on, who doesn't have challenges, disability or not, right? Um, And okay, listen, this Nobody wants to tune in to listen to somebody read a, a, a study. It's boring. So I, I do recommend, though, that you give it a, a look because it's just so full of like these awesome nuggets. But I will let you check it out for yourself. And I, just, I will just end with um, two things. One, 
The findings in this study would be awesome for doctors to have, to be able to share with families who are receiving a new diagnosis, because that can be a really scary time. And reading something like this or hearing some of these findings would be so beneficial to to new parents, right? And even parents who are currently raising a child with a disability. And number two, it's important to note that the study is not denying the existence of challenges and hard bits. Sharing these findings is also not suggesting that everything will automatically improve for families who struggle raising a child with a disability. But I guess the message that I found here is that by focusing on the positives, your perception will swing around. Your perspective will swing around to a new and more happier perspective. And back to Jack Sparrow one last time, the problem is not the problem. Your attitude about the problem is the problem. That's brilliant. Oh, and my final thought from the study is if more families see their experiences in a positive light, perhaps they can assist in altering widespread perceptions of the impact of disability and provide new support to parents and relieve some of the fear and anxiety around the idea of raising a child with a disability. In doing so, the hope is that more affirmative ways of viewing disability could be promoted right? Isn't that such a great study? Like it hits and highlights so many of the points that parents of beautiful, important, valuable, disabled kids are trying to make. I get to be Avery's mom. I get to share her with you on this podcast. How lucky am I? So thanks for tuning in. Like I said, I'll link the study in the show notes and somewhere on our website as well. And I hope this episode has helped you change your perspective about how impactful it can feel to change your perspective and that can help create a happier and healthy life, one that you deserve. Okay, Avery and I saw this joke on Instagram. It was like this meme. (laughs) It's cat related, shocker. And we tried to get Kevin to meow on command for the punchline, but uh, yeah, cats don't play that way. Hey, mom. Yeah. How does... Our cat Kevin likes his steak. How does Kevin like his steak? He likes it. Thanks for listening. Your support means so much to us. So thank you so much for sharing the podcast and for leaving us comments and reviews. We really appreciate it. We are just thrilled to see this bright, beautiful community growing in this way. And if you know somebody who you think might enjoy this podcast, perhaps a disability family or just somebody who likes to chat, please send them our way. And if you'd like to leave us a comment or if you have questions or topic suggestions, you can leave us a comment on our podcast page on our website, which is linked in the show notes. Or if you want to get super fancy, you can leave us an audio message on the Anchor app. I know, it's super cool. Okay, thanks again for listening and we will talk to you soon.